Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope that you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you are, wherever you happen to be on the planet when you listen to this, that you are able in the next time that you watch a fictional TV or movie, you know, TV show or movie on Netflix, most likely because we're all stuck in the house or should be in quarantine right now. If you're not, then I kind of feel sorry for you because even though it does suck, it's actually flattening the curve where I live a little bit, but I hope that whenever and wherever you happen to be, that you can pay attention to your own reactions to the actors that you consider to be very good actors. So if you watch a movie and it's someone that you connect with, or the character is someone you connect with, it doesn't have to be like your favorite actor, but it should be... I want, like, if, if someone pulls the emotion out of you and you feel it, not just the story of it, because this is something that I thought of when I woke up and I'm trying to work it out now. I haven't like spoken of this at all today, but I was, I woke up really thinking about how sometimes I will look at something like a TV show or a movie And the circumstance of the story, the way that the writer wrote it, that will bring tears or anger or whatever the emotion is, right? It will make me feel what it was meant to make me feel because of the storyline. And then I appreciate the writer, but sometimes it's the actor and the way that they're acting that you could tell if they're acting like they're in pain and you can tell if they're acting from a place of pain that they have felt themselves in their life or from their, you know, past or childhood or whatever. And I started thinking about how my most favorite actors, I think really and truly use that method of acting where you draw upon your painful past and you feel that palpable pain and it kind of exudes in their actual aura and when they cry they're crying for real and they're not crying about the circumstance they're acting about because obviously just you know 
fiction, made up story. But when they pull that energy out from their past and that pain is so palpable and real, when you're an empath, you feel that from them. And you're right there in that moment with them in their moment of pain. Even though the thing they're acting about has nothing to do with reality or their life, but they're just connecting. They're not connecting to the story necessarily, or they're not acting necessarily that they're upset, but that they're really truly connecting with their pain from basically, you know, like a different moment in time from their, their real world, their day-to-day life. And I, I, it's, it's kind of weird because I mean, some actors you think, well, they're such good actors. They could always fool you, right? They weren't really acting about anything other than the, the script, you know, moved them. But I, I noticed this. I don't even remember now what the, who the actor was, but it was something I watched, um, a couple days ago and I became extremely aware that I was sharing that pain and that burden with this one actor in particular. And I was like, this person is really like, I remember looking at my kid and I'm like, God, that, 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 oh man, like he's a really good actor. He's an incredible actor. And then I realized that I wasn't feeling the emotion from my head, but rather from my, um, just below my heart chakra in the identity center, like, you know, the third chakra. And it really, it it hit me on a different level than normally watching movie or whatever, you know, hits me. You know, the storyline's sad, the actor's crying, you kind of cry a little bit because you're an empath, but you all know it's all in good fun because it's a script, it's a, it's a, a thing that they're acting out. But, I mean, I've taken a lot of acting lessons and I've acted on stage and I've acted in, um, not a whole lot, but I've been in movies, Not, I mean, like, movies that you would never see. <laughs> I mean, you know, I... You know, things that were on TV at like three in the morning that you'd never seen in a million years, you know, on like local access in Santa Barbara, you know, and then I was in, um, like a student film that went around, won a couple of awards and I was like recognized for a little bit, which was weird, but nothing major, you know, I was in a Randy Quaid movie, but I was just an extra, but, um, you know, but I've taken acting classes and I know that they say, you know, there's different methods. And one of the methods is where you connect with something in your past, right? And you pull up that pain and you utilize that emotion and you learn how to make it on cue and then you apply it to the situation, right? So it makes it more, um, authentic feeling and sounding and, you know, and, you know, the best actors can just, you know, cry on cue. Right. But it's a little bit more than that. And in this, 
like honestly I can't remember what scene it was but it was something that I thought about and I mulled it over and I woke up this morning and I was like whoa it hit me because as an empath and being able to feel people's pain I can now tell if they're drawing upon the past pain but then they've utilized it in a way in which they're emoting but it's a cry on command cry on cue this sort of thing that um, they process it through their head and then they cry and then when you cry in that moment during the movie or whatever it's because of what the character is going through and you feel bad for the character and the story and all that and then the actor is pulling it off but sometimes and if you're an empath you're going to start to notice this that you feel it in a different part of your body and they're literally letting go of their actual pain from their actual life when you feel in, in between the heart center and the um, identity center, the third and fourth chakra, you know, so just above the navel and just below the heart. And it, I was crying and then I felt like I had genuinely been hurt by this thing that I watched. And I realized that that person really went through maybe a similar circumstance or they were really truly using the moment as a therapeutic moment and a cathartic moment for themselves to emit and emote something that was absolutely 100% genuine and real for them. And I realized in that moment, even though they probably got rid of this pain a long time ago, I felt it with me as if it was real right now. And because there's no such thing as time, time is an illusion. I literally took this person's pain from them, this actor's pain. And I just felt like I shared something with them that transcended the screen. It transcended the character they were portraying in the moment it transcended the everything and I was just I, I literally took some of their pain away and I felt it in my body and I had to then do like a cleansing on myself to let go of it and normally when I see something that's sad I'll cry and then you know an hour later I've kind of forgotten it already I'm kind of doing my own thing <laughs> you know it's like man that was a really good movie whoa it really touched me but sometimes Things that stay with you for days, that might have been something that they were really going through. And they channeled it through their work, but they were feeling it still. You know, they're still upset over whatever it was. So if you are an empath, and if you, even if you're not an empath, you might be able to tell. And I want you to be aware that when you watch anything, um, you know, movie wise, whether it's like a romantic comedy, there's always some tear jerky moments, you know, or it's a drama or even if it's sci-fi, I mean, there are emotional moments sometimes that I want you to pay attention where in your body you feel it. And sometimes, and this is not what happened to me, but I do know that this does happen sometimes. Sometimes when you see something on TV that, or in a movie that is, a similar situation as what you've been through because the best movies are very relatable. The best shows are very relatable. 
and it might not be the exact set of circumstances, but if you could relate, you know, like for example, say you've been cheated on and now you're watching someone cheat on somebody else and you're like feeling your own. It sometimes it is a grand catharsis for you and you could pull out your own emotions and emit, you know, the sense of injustice and the anger and the betrayal and the sadness and the grief of that, you pull it from your own, you know, your own emotional body from your past that you haven't removed from your emotional body yet. And you pull it out while you're watching the movie. So that's why movies are so great for us. Sometimes, you know, they can help us, you know, cathartically just release, you know, and emote. And that's what makes it so intense, you know, but it's not just actors pretending for your sake. And that's what I realized today is that many actors will take specific roles, not only because it shows their range as actors and, and they like to challenge themselves, which is true, but also sometimes I think it's maybe because they need that cathartic moment and get into it in a way that they could release their own pain. It's a form of therapy. It's, you know, artistic, you know, expressive arts. It's, it's artistic therapy. It's art, it's expressive arts therapy. So I want you to just pay attention to it. Like if something affects you and affects you in a way that you're sitting with that pain for days and you haven't let go of it, even two or three hours later or one day later, or like a week later, you probably as an empath, you just took on the pain of that actual, the person, the actual actor, not just the character or the story. It's very possible that we take on, um, emotions from the writers themselves as well. But more often, I think it's the actors that, that transmit that energy, especially if it, if it only lasts for a few hours, it's like, damn, they were good. They were good actors. But if it's like the next day, the next day after that. And I remember when I was a kid, there were some movies that I saw that just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about for weeks. It just, uh, hit me deeply every time. Like E.T., that, that kid, when, when they took him away from E.T., that scene just always got me. Now, looking back, I wonder what happened in that child's life, you know, that he transmitted that pain, like into my heart area and my heart chakra, you know, and then after my grandpa died, my, um, I took my grandma and my mom and I took my grandma to see ET and we, my mom and I had seen it several times for years. And that was back in the day before internet before even cell phones and Steven Spielberg is intelligent beyond other people. I think he released the movie and then he would withdraw it and then release it again two years later in the theaters. And then I think he did that a couple different times. And so I took my, my mom and I took my grandma and it hit me in a different way because then it connected to my own pain, that scene, because my grandpa had just died a couple months before and my grandma was really upset by that scene and my mom and I had to hold her hands 
while she cried through that because my grandpa had a heart attack and she watched as the paramedics had done try to jump start his heart and it didn't work and and um that's what happened to E.T. in the movie. And sorry, it's not exactly a spoiler alert. It's a movie that's been around since the 80s. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but you got to see the whole movie. <laughs> it, it doesn't spoil a whole lot of the movie. The movie's excellent. Still to this day, it's an excellent movie. But, um... So it's like there's times when you connect to a movie through your own experiences that are similar or brings up a, an emotion from you that's it's something you need to get out and emote. And that's why, you know, movies are really good for us sometimes. And sometimes you're taking on the pain of the actor. And I, and I, and I just, I've never, I never noticed that before. And it was just this morning. It just hit me when I woke up and I was like, Whoa, that's so, cause I was still sitting with the pain of that. And in the morning and, and I felt this overwhelming pain in my heart and, and in my third chakra. And then I was having an asthma attack when I woke up and I was grieving heavily and, but I wasn't really, I mean, I wasn't crying, but I was like, had that energy. Like I had been crying all night and I was having an asthma attack. And then I said, God, I want you to help me take this pain away from me. Help me get rid of this grief because I recognize it as grief. I recognize it inside me. I need to let it go. And as soon as I said that, um, it all just lifted from my third and fourth chakra and just came out. My crown just went all the way up. And then I recognized that it wasn't my, it wasn't even my pain. It was pain I had taken from somebody and, you know, which I have done for, you know, years, my whole life really as an empath but I was consciously aware of it. And as soon as all that grief left, actually I could breathe and the asthma went away in that moment. And I was like, what? And I just laid here in bed thinking for probably another good 20 minutes about it, like analyzing it. Where did that come from? Like, you know, I don't want it back, but <laughs> but where did it come from? And then I, it, and then it hit me. It was like, wait a minute. It was when I watched couple nights ago and it made me feel differently it was very subtle it's it's like if you aren't an empath you might not notice it or you're an empath but you're not aware that you are you might not notice it so I want you just to pay attention when you feel something deeply I want you to feel where in your body you feel it and the same goes if you're talking to somebody um over the phone or even in person and you feel something in your body, is it because they're triggering a memory that you had of your life without pain or are you pulling their, their energy from them to help them feel better? I want you to pay attention to that. So not just in movies, but also it, it was just weird that came across in movies, but also in person with other humans like you might feel something that's really painful but you got to recognize if it's your pain or somebody else's pain and you have to recognize if you know if it's a trigger for you about your own past or is it something that they told you that it made you feel for them and then all of a sudden you opened your heart and then 
you just is like foop <laughs> it comes in and now you're like sitting with somebody else's pain you know like I was when the when the COVID-19 happened I was sitting with everybody else's anxiety and fear I had my own but it wasn't that bad and then I realized I was like paralyzed for like two weeks just unable to do anything and now I'm, I've gotten into just being able to do a little bit more but for the first like two weeks I was just like really having a a heavy duty hard time and then I realized oh man and I started having all the symptoms of the virus and I talked to a nurse and she's like you don't have it you have all the symptoms but you don't have the main symptoms you need for me to say come on and get tested I'm like oh good so and it was at that moment I was taking on everyone's pain literally like you know and I'm even right now having the itchy eyes which could be the bleach that we sprayed in the air as well. Maybe I got a little bit in my eye, but um, it's not bleach solid. It's like bleach water, just a very little bit of bleach to water. But we sprayed around the house every day just to make sure that if anything got in. But um, yeah, sometimes, especially if you're an empath, you might feel your neighbor's pain and take on their pain. and You don't even know your neighbor. You might just wake up one day absolutely sad as hell and you don't know why. And you got to pay attention to that. It's probably somebody else's pain that you took in and then you forgot to release. Or you took in and you weren't aware you were taking it in. And then you just accept it as your own and that's not right because if it's not, it's not. Some people are strong enough where you could send their pain right back to them. You know what? This isn't mine. This is yours. I'm going to leave this here on your doorstep again because it doesn't belong on mine. And some people are, you know, they allow you to take their, it's all subconscious. No one really knows what they're doing with this usually. But if you take on someone's pain and you know that they're delicate and they're fragile and their psyches cannot handle one more drop of their own pain and you were the nearest sponge that could just soak up the extra, what happens is um, it's, better it's not better for them to give their pain back to them if you think that they're if your perception of it is that they really needed you to take it away and that's what we're here for we're healers Uh, what happens what I do is I'll just transmute it and send it to the universe send it off into the sky and allow um, the sun to burn it up or you know I have different visualizations like the wind carries it away and as a wind grows stronger, it like breaks it up and dissipates. And, you know, I have like different visualizations for this, but I don't know, just pay attention to it. Like if you hear a sad story, is it like pinging you from something of your stuff or pinging you in a way that you're taking on their stuff right now? Just pay attention. Where do you find it in your body? Where does it come from? You could even ask. You can use a pendulum or muscle testing to ask, does this come from this person or does it come from me? So anyway, there's that. All right. Now, spaceweather.com, the solar wind speed was not, not very high again, a little bit more than yesterday, I believe. Um, 344.6 kilometers per second. Uh, let's see, there was 
The Mercury probe has flown past Earth. If you want to look on spaceweather.com, there's some eerie pictures. Looks like an old 1950s movie. It's, uh, they call it like the selfie. And uh, this, it could take a picture of part of itself. So basically, the scientist on the ground can monitor this. But it's pretty interesting. You know, it's it's not a lot interesting. If you could skip it if you want, but if you're very interested in this stuff, then by all means, come look at this. Um, so let's see, what is the name of this? So this is so basically this uh, Essa Joxa Bepi Colombo spacecraft. It buzzed Earth, and it was 12,700 kilometers above the planet. And it has a selfie camera, and so it'll take a picture of itself. It has from different angles so that the scientists can monitor the equipment. But it takes these pictures as it goes by planets, and it took a picture of Earth. And I believe it's on its way to Mercury now. But anyway, if you want to look at it, it's interesting. It's... You know, more space stuff. <laughs> there are not any fireballs that went over the U.S., so that's good news, I suppose. The Ulu neutron counts today were very high at 10.8%, and that is a 0.6% change in the past, they say 48 hours, but I know it's 24 hours because yesterday there was no change. So there is... Uh, Solar wind flowing from the minor corona hole that could reach Earth on the 11th and 12th of April. And we already had the 10th, 11th, and then the 11th, and now the 11th, 12th. So pretty much for the next, let's see, 10, 11, 12, you know, basically three days, two to three days, expect to have heavy-duty cosmic radiation energy. You know, the cosmic naps and the fogginess mentally and all the fun goodies. I actually, on my Instagram at mermaidgirl888, I actually did post uh, seven recent symptoms of the Ascension. If you want to go check it out and see where you're at with that. Um, all right. Schumann resonance today was, well, extremely low. It was seven. So (laughs) that's it. Um, I don't really want to get too too much into it there are there have been a lot of people posting on the internet today about if you want to see how our meditation affected the planet go and look and then they show this really low number from italy and i remember it being extremely high on heart math institute more than 60 or whatever so now i'm waiting but i can't really tell you because yet one more time, the heartmath.org website is down. It's been two days in a row already that it's been down. So I'm kind of a little bit sad I couldn't give you this news today because I was so excited and looking forward to going back to last Saturday um, to see how it really was affected, if, if at all. So hopefully this will get fixed soon and we can talk about it maybe Monday. All right, so in A Course in Miracles... We are on Lesson 272, and this is found on an app called ACIM, or A Course in Miracles, or, there's many free ones, or um, 
you could go to ACIM.org, which is the Foundation for Inner Peace website, and you can read these for yourself as well. So, but tonight we're reading Lesson 272. This is where we we picked up where we left off yesterday. And here we go. How can illusions satisfy God's Son? How can illusions satisfy God's Son? Father, the truth belongs to me. My home is set in heaven by your will and mine. Can dreams content me? Can illusions bring me happiness? What but your memory can satisfy your son? I will accept no less than you have given me. I am surrounded by your love, forever still, forever gentle, and forever safe. God's son must be as you created him. Today we pass illusions by, and if we hear temptation call uh, call to us to stay and linger in a dream, we turn aside and ask ourselves if we, the sons of God, could be content with dreams, when heaven can be chosen just as easily as hell, and love will happily replace all fear. How can illusions satisfy God's son? So there you guys have it. I'm going to make a shorter episode tonight. Eggs, I, I waited very, very long before I was able to record this tonight. I, I got carried away. My son and I just had the best time hanging out today and we ate rice together and had conversations like really, really deep, profound conversations about all of humanity. And then we watched a few shows together and completely lost track of time. And I'm like, Oh my God, look at the time. You know, it was like two in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't do my show. Holy man. And I came to do my show and I looked in my, my tablet just was not charged up. And I'm like, Oh my God wait two more hours. Now I'm looking at the clock. It's almost 6 a.m. Sun's starting to come up already. (laughs) So this is like the latest maybe, except for when I didn't have Wi-Fi. So it's like the latest I've been in a long time, but we're going to go over what's been going on with the earth changes again. And we're going to talk a little bit about, in fact, right now, before we get into all that because I also have to read the second half (laughs) of Joe Biden's horror, not horoscope, but Joe Biden's astrology chart. It's pretty interesting. So, and hopefully we'll get to some weird news as well. So let me go ahead and tell you about the coronavirus news today. I told you that I wasn't going to do this Monday through Thursday, but only on Fridays now. All right. So I had just, um, refresh the page. So here we're at 1.7 million, 10,148 coronavirus cases that have ever been in the world for COVID-19 deaths are at 103,506, but the recovered is 382,041. So looking at this, um, it shows me that it's it's roughly almost a quarter, well, a little bit over one-fifth 
of the people that get it die. And it still says here 21% um, of people are actually dying. Now, this is only in the closed cases. And this is concerning to me because now in recent weeks when we talk about this um, and we look at the World Health Organization, they always say it's like only, you know, 3% in certain areas and then 1.34% is the death rate in other areas. And I don't know if that means they're looking at all the current cases versus ones that died or if this is all of the people in a country, you know, in relationship to the people that have the virus. I don't know. I, I don't know how they're doing this, but when on worldometers.info, when they say that there have been 485,547 cases, which already had an outcome, and then they say 79% of those have been recovered and discharged, and 21 have died. I'm looking at the closed cases, and I'm looking at that number, 21. Now, this week, when I did a pendulum dowsing session, God said that up to 25% of the people are going to uh, be leaving on the planet. And this is pretty darn close to that number. So I'm assuming that, you know, the other 4% will be finding a different way out. But very crazy. And here we go again with the country number being higher than what I thought the countries in the world were. I wanted to quickly explain that. COVID-19 is currently affecting 210 countries and territories around the world and two international conveyances, you know, i.e. ships on the ocean, um, cruise ships. But when there's only 195 recognized countries and two, you know, kind of recognized as not quite, they're sovereign but not quite a country yet those numbers are like 195 and then you count the other two it's 197 and in that other two you count the Vatican because it's not quite a country but it's definitely an independent territory outside of um, even though it's inside Italy it's considered to be outside uh, the laws and jurisdiction of Italy they don't have a whole lot of people living there that's why it's not quite recognized yet or probably never will be. So these are countries, 195 countries are recognized by the United Nations as having had their, their sovereign countries, you know, like they're able to take care of themselves. So crazy, right? So now there's 210 countries and territories that have coronavirus. So I looked at this and I figured, well, you know what this means is that there's um, like 20 countries that just aren't recognized, or well, 15 countries. Doesn't mean there are any less actual countries. They just don't have like the constitution or the government in place or whatever makes them not a non-country. But they're still territories. So anyway, there's 249 around the world. I found out in total of places that are country-like, but without being recognized officially by the UN. So crazy stuff. All right. So in the past 24 hours, there've been 11,313 new cases around the world. 
in the United States, they have a total of 503,177 cases. So that comprises almost like a third of all the cases in the world now or in the United States. And I don't know if this is flattening the curve or not. I don't feel like it is. You know, um, I'm sorry, I was looking at a different number. All right. I, I don't feel like the U.S. is quite flattening the curve yet because there's still so many people who are just being super defiant. I'm an American. I've got rights. I deserve my freedom. Coronavirus is a hoax. Blah, blah, blah. Which it's not, but... I've never seen it. Of course you haven't. You're not, you don't have microscopic vision. Duh. <laughs> but I mean, believe you me, I, I, I don't think those doctors and nurses are on these, um, social media sites pouring their heart out and crying because they're so grateful that someone sent them a mask. I don't think they're in on a, a big hoax. Do you, you know? They're lining bodies up in refrigerated trucks. That That's not made up. So, I, you know, if you think this is a big fake hoax to try to get you to take, you know, a vaccine, I, you know, you stop that thinking right now. It's going to take 18 months for this vaccine. By then we won't need it because it won't be even available to get. If you wanted the disease, you couldn't even get it 18 months from now. So, I don't believe any of the conspiracies, theories around this. Anyway, um, the numbers are high, but in the order of the most cases, you know, to the least. I'm not going to read all the countries, obviously, but it starts off at the USA is number one, you know, uh, cases. Spain is number two, then Italy, then France, then Germany, and then China to give you a chance, you know, to kind of figure it out. But yeah, here you go. Here you have it. It's, um, just all there in black and white. But even though the number went up, you still have a 79% chance of beating this thing. So just send love and light to everybody in the world just keep sending that white light that we visualized in those meditations but in the US I know why there's so many people it's just like I've got a friend who's just he's like I'm going out I'm going out without a mask it's my god given right you know and it's like and this is it's this kind of exact this exactly this kind of redneck hillbilly attitude I'm an American damn it you know <laughs> It's that exact attitude that's going to get so many people uh, killed. I explained it to him. I'm like, what if you have the disease and you don't know it yet? What if you have, you know, the super spreader, you know, where you have it and you'll never have the symptoms of it and you'll never know unless you get tested. And yet everyone around you starts dropping, you know, they start getting sick. So I explained to him, I'm like, look, you know, you give this to three people and they give it to three people, and they give it to three people, and in 10 generations, you've just infected 59,000 people, of which 21% are going to die. You know, it's like over 100,000 people 
I mean, I'm sorry, not 100,000 people. It's my mouth like uh, 10,000 people. Even if it's 1,000 people, do you want to be responsible karmically for killing off 1,000 people because you didn't feel like going outside? You didn't feel like having a mask on? You know, it's kind of what I told him, you know, not word for word, of course, but I was kind of upset about that. You know, it's like, man, I'm a maverick. I'm a rebel. I'm a, no, you're, you're being a fool and you're hurting yourself and others. You take that kind of a chance, you know, I don't think this is the deep state trying to get, get a sudden control on us. I literally heard a Republic, a Republican guy trying to say that, you know, that they think he's thinking that they're all trying to mess with this campaign and that they're doing this to manipulate the economy. It's like, Ooh, here's a conspiracy. Let's take the economy and manipulate it into the freaking ground so that we all lose money. How is that a plan? It's not because it's not true. It's just people starting to shoot off their mouths about their weird little conspiracies and then turning it on themselves and acting like they're a victim like this guy he's a narcissist and he had to act like the victim mentality like you know I don't know it was just ridiculous but so take everything with a grain of salt but take this these numbers seriously because I think they're real in fact not only these numbers real I believe that it could be as high as triple what you're hearing because not everyone's being tested you know, the total test in the United States now have been 2.5 million plus tests with only half a million of the people having it, which means 2 million people were afraid that they might be having the symptoms and they had to get tested. But better to be safe than sorry, so I think that's awesome. So where I live in Ecuador here, the, um, where are we here? It tripled in two days. We had like around 3,700 cases two days ago. Now we have 7,161 total cases. And it says 297 deaths only, but you got to consider the three or 400 people in Guayaquil that died. And they were never tested, so they can't definitively say that all these people for sure died immediately of the virus. No one really knows. So that's what I mean by the numbers could absolutely be false just because of mitigating circumstances. But in Ecuador, we've only had 297 people die, which is not good, but good compared to other countries I'm seeing. Um, If we all just stay in our house for another few weeks, we'll probably be fine. You know, but anyway... uh, Peru had more than us yesterday, but today they're behind, which is good. They have almost uh, 5,900 cases. You know, so the numbers are growing to substantial numbers in places that look like it was hardly anything. Except in Fiji, I think only maybe one person has it now. But anyway. Alright, so there you go. It's a little bit depressing with the coronavirus cases. But the curve is being flattened in some areas, and so that is some positive news. And the other thing is, last Saturday, 1.1 billion people prayed that this would be wiped and eradicated from the planet. I believe it's going to be extremely soon. Like, you know, a month to two months. So, 
even though there's some negative sounding news, there's also some positive news, some amazing um, potential, you know, we have the potential of this never ever being a problem for us, you know, again, at least for 10 more years. It, according to Sylvia Brown, she said it's going to come back in 10 years mysteriously. But she also says it's going to mysteriously disappear as soon as it came up. And that meditation last week, I'm telling you guys, I know within two to three weeks, we're going to start seeing the results of that. <clears throat> when you manifest something, you've got to wait for the results with positive expectation. You know, it's not always instantaneous. So we got to keep our eyes and ears open for that. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we're going to go over uh, what's on the Watchers News or Watchers.News website, and we're going to talk about, um, well, Earth changes, including the natural disasters and all the massive storms that have been going on right after this message. Just one small change in the little things we do. 
future. It's our Earth. We need to protect it for what it's worth. Alright guys, over the break I realized that this episode for Friday is being recorded on Good Friday, Christian holiday, and then Saturday, this whole weekend, every day is something, Saturday's Earth Day, so happy Earth Day, and literally, happy Earth Day. The Earth must be very, very happy at the fact that we are while most of us aren't driving, we're not flying anywhere, the environment is starting to repair itself, animals are taking over, wild boars came into Paris. (laughs) I believe, I I think that's what I saw, maybe maybe it's just another city in France, but hilarious, like, you know, while everyone's stuck in quarantine, the animals are coming back into the city going, oh wow, look what they did over here, let's climb up on this, this looks cool. (laughs) It's pretty cool. I like that that's happening. And, and the earth is, you know, the pollution, it's 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 repairing itself. You know, basically because we're not doing any damage anymore. So even if this takes another six weeks, boy, the earth is going to be really amazing in six weeks, right? It's going to be a lot more cleaned up. But anyway, so yeah, Good Friday followed by... Um, Earth Day followed by Easter and Sunday's Easter already. I can't even believe it. They don't have as much here for Easter. It's not as crazy hyped up in Ecuador as it is in the United States. And I wonder even now with the coronavirus crisis like this, if, if they even bother to decorate for Easter, it'd be cool if they did in the grocery stores, but I, I kind of doubt they did because it's, um, it's just dire over here. I mean, I told you guys how it is. Everyone's in hazmat suits and they spray you from head to toe with this alcohol stuff when you walk in the grocery store. My son's like, Ugh, it was so bad. He doesn't want to go back. He's like, let's just keep having them deliver the groceries. So, you know, I'm like, I know I don't want to go either. I, I feel like I'll have a mask on. They'll spray me. I'll have an asthma attack from the alcohol, breathing it through the mask, and then I'll have to take off the mask to take my inhaler. Now I've just defeated the whole purpose of everything. (laughs) Just, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, all right. My son's phone stopped working and my phone is from California. So I don't have an Ecuadorian number in my tablet. So I'm like, "Ah." I'm going to have to call my friends and say, can you babysit your phone for the next 30 minutes so that when our delivery gets here they're gonna call you and you're gonna say yeah look up we're in the window (laughs) which we will be because that's usually how we do because uh, we don't ever want to miss a delivery but um, yeah I don't know it's just um, it's crazy that here we are in the middle of these holidays and yet nothing there's nothing to be done now Detroit Symphony is going to be giving a concert you can look on Instagram possibly on their Facebook page and it's a new director that I'm not familiar with but I used to have season tickets to the symphony when I was living in Detroit my kids that and I that was our favorite thing just like a block from the symphony was this really incredible restaurant 
and sometimes we'd be lucky enough to catch um, a basketball game. You know, usually the last time it was like Chicago versus Detroit, which was like, oh my God, it was so classic because Detroit won. (laughs) And so everyone in the restaurant, we're all just like on the edge of our seats and I don't even watch sports, but when I was in Detroit, I caught that fever, right? Like I'm going to watch all the sports because I'm in Detroit now and I'm, you know, we, we just, oh, it was such a great memory. Just, you know, we're all like, yeah, you know, every time a basket was made and, and everyone in the, in the restaurant, we all look at each other and go, yeah, that's it. And we just put all this energy and love into the team. And it was really fun. So it's like, we'd watch the symphony and we'd be in our like really nice dressed up really nice. And then we'd go to this restaurant and eat like a hamburger and fries or sometimes a steak or shrimp Alfredo or whatever. And, but watch the basketball game. It's like so funny that that was like some of our activities in Detroit, but, um, yeah, but so if you guys are interested in the symphony and you want to hear it, um, just look it up Detroit symphony on Instagram or look it up on Facebook or just do a Google search for it because they are giving free concerts. Now, Melissa Etheridge continues with her free concerts. Um, there's a lot of people doing stuff. I think Tyrese Gibson is losing his damn mind, but he's hilarious. And he's got, he's sometimes even when he's not trying to be hilarious, he is on Instagram. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of people. Julie, um, Julie, Julia, Louis Dreyfus, uh, Elaine from Seinfeld, you know her that way, maybe. She read a children's book on Instagram today. I thought that was great. And um, so everyone's doing their part. You know, all the entertainers are still trying to entertain us and I really really appreciate appreciate all that so before we get into the earth changes I wanted to mention that and um you know the coronavirus is in Ireland so all those sweet little children who you heard on that song just now that's Capabway National Irish Children's School just please send them and their parents a lot of love and um positive vibes and, and good energy that they are all safe and sound at home. They, they are in quarantine over there, but, um, I just love their, those voices are super adorable. So we're just going to keep that and for a while until something else comes along. It just is so earth day ish. Anyway, it's a perfect, uh, earth day, um, <laughs> perfect earth day, uh, sort of song as well as earth changes news kind of song. So anyway, let's get into it. We only have one and a half pages of news. So good. Just like last week. So again, it's either that the person running the website isn't working as much on the website, or maybe things are getting better because we're just staying home. It's kind of weird, right? I mean, we're going to be shaken up one way or another. And right now it's just, we're shaken up by a virus. All right. Destructive frost hits the Southeast Europe one of the coldest April mornings in a decade. The Northern Balkans experienced one of their coldest April mornings in 10 years on Thursday, April 2nd, as destructive frost hit many parts of Southeastern Europe during the time of blossoming trees. Oh my God, you guys, the worst, 
worst thing to happen if you have trees that are blossoming and then the frost comes, especially if it's a very heavy, thick frost, because it lands on the dew lands on the trees and then it freezes and it makes all the blooms, the blossoms brittle and they fall to the ground and you just lost all of the flowers on the trees and the flowers are what turns into the fruit. So some of you know that some of you don't. So that's why I'm explaining it. I used to have cherry trees and every damn year, only our first year do we have cherries best cherries in the world we our our trees would blossom and they were that pink cherry blossom and it was just like oh my god it was magical living in the california forest with pink cherry trees and we had one white cherry tree it was amazing but we always had frost every year except for that first year and boy we were so happy to get those cherries and then Every year after that, we were just disappointed and we just had the memory of how good they tasted where it was stuck in our minds for 10 years, right? But, but that frost just, it hits. And then when you do get cherries, not only do you have to worry about frost, but birds, oh my God. And they know the cherries, they, they wait, they're waiting. <laughs> the first cherry pops out, boop, they're going to eat it, you know? So this just sucks. So during the blossoming trees man many vineyards oh my god and fruit plantations across southeastern europe are suffering right now oh my god well argentinian wine is some of the best wine you'll ever have (laughs) i guess that's what i gotta say and california doesn't do too bad either i'll have you know but Argentina wine, Chilean wine can be nice, but Argentinian wine can be excellent. All right. Delhi in India records the wettest March on record with 589% above their normal rainfall. It sounds like, oh my God, they've got feet upon feet of rain. No guys, 4.3 inches. (laughs) But that's still 589% more than what they normally get in March. So it is their wettest March on record, according to the country's meteorological department, otherwise known as the IMD. And there it is. So that's strange. Only four inches of rain, but they're making a massive deal out of it. But that's been happening all over. It's like, oh my God, they have record rainfall. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I hope they're okay. And then you go down the page a little bit and it says 1.2 inches and you're like, whatever, dude, that's hardly meant worth mentioning. But because it's a record, that's why they're mentioning it, not because of the rain. Category five, severe tropical cyclone, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Closing in on Vanuatu. A red alert is in effect for Sanma, Panama, and Malampa provinces. It, so that's that's crazy, man. Um, they also had a yellow alert for Torba and Shefa. And they suffered from damaging gale force winds, destructive storm force winds, as well as the hurricane forced winds. So, and all those are different levels of, you know, how fast the wind speed is, basically. That is crazy. All right. 
And then the next, now that was on uh, April 5th, and then the next day, the very next day, on the 6th of April, this was the article. Severe damage disrupted communications as the Category 5 Severe Tropical Cyclone Herald hits Vanuatu. So it continues to move southeast over the Coral Sea after it made landfall over the Van- Vanuatu's Espiritu Santo Island at basically uh, midnight UTC time and Pentecost around 7.10 UTC time on the 6th of April. So, And they're saying again, just like maximum force wins again. So let's send, I don't know what kind of energy we send to them. Just send them love and resilience and calm energy to the skies, I suppose. Powerful slow-moving storm, slow-moving storm, brings snow and record gain to California. Yeah, cool. A powerful slow-moving storm continues affecting parts of California on Monday the 6th with significant mountain snow, heavy rain, and gusty winds up to 127 millimeters or five inches of rain fell in Santa Barbara County causing localized flooding. Oh my God. Yeah, that happens. Um, yeah, I already know what's going on there. I, I, I've seen it. It gets so bad that, um, Santa Barbara gets cut off from the rest of California because the flooding happens on the freeway. And then you just have like from the mountains all the way across the freeway into the ocean. And sometimes the ocean swells in that area. That's crazy. I don't know if all that's going on, but you know, what happens is storm drains will get flooded with leaves. If the rain is particularly heavy, if it comes down really hard, it knocks leaves and stuff off the trees, gets stuck in storm drain. And then the flood happens and Santa Barbara can flood pretty fast. I've, I've seen it. I used to live there seven years. So, all right. There was a massive sandstorm that engulfed Beicheng city in China. A massive sandstorm blanketed the city of maybe it's Beicheng, maybe in Jilin province in the Northeast part of China on the 3rd of April. The phenomenon is locally known as a black storm. Waves of dust were swept up by the gale force winds of 63 to 74 kilometers per hour, which is also 39 to 46 km, or miles per hour. So I'm up to 46 miles per hour. So this looks pretty big, man. Sandstorm. A black storm. Wow, this it does. It looks like a black thunderstorm. A black storm, but it's actually from the sand. Really crazy. All right. Colorado State University Tropical Meteorological Project expects above average 2020 Atlantic hurricane season with 16 named storms, eight hurricanes, and four major earthquakes. The forecast is the forecast is based on more than 30 years 30 oh my god I can't even talk 30 years of statistical factors. So crazy. So 
Yeah, just watch out for that. Just be careful. The flooding on the James River persists for more than a year in South Dakota. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I didn't even hear about this. The flooding on the James River in South Dakota has been persisting for more than one year now. During the 2019 flood season, the water levels reached up to 16.2 feet, otherwise known as 4.9 meters, and it's the highest since 2010. Now this spring, forecasters are expecting major to moderate inundations as well in the James River, so that's really crazy. All right. There was a very bright fireball over northeastern Netherlands. And it was streaking through the night sky over the northeastern Netherlands near the border with Germany at 2144 UTC time on April 4th. Wow. While we're all doing our massive meditation, that happened. A very bright fireball. Crazy. And this event comes after two fireballs exploded within one hour over Belgium on the 1st of April. That's crazy. All right. uh, Next, apparently, Tropical Cyclone Herald has been heading towards Fiji. After wreaking havoc across Vanuatu, severe Tropical Cyclone Herald is now heading towards Fiji where the country's disaster management office has activated its nationwide National Emergency Operations Center. They are calling this a severe tropical cyclone category four. All right, so send them some sunshine. Evidence of a new magma deposit in Reykjanes Peninsula. They've had more than 6,000 earthquakes in three months in Iceland. That's huge. 6,000 in three months. That seems to me to be a very significant number. So considerable seismic activity continues at the Reykjanes Peninsula in Iceland, with more than 6,000 earthquakes manually checked since the beginning of the year. And according to the Icelandic Met Office, or the IMO, this is the most intense activity ever recorded in the region. Yeah, I can imagine. That's a lot. 6,000 earthquakes. It's hard to believe, right? All right. Um, make sure this is all queued up here. Okay. We're already on the uh, first page of watchers.news. That was what I just read to is from the second page and that's it. Just, you know, one and a half pages of, uh, occurrences. So that's cool. So, uh, not only are they having 6,000 earthquakes in three months, but also there's now evidence of a new magma deposit in the Reykjanes Peninsula. So that's, uh, that's crazy. They say this is the most intense, activity ever recorded in the region. So an intense blizzard hits much of Iceland and they left 1.5 meters or five feet of snow in one day. Oh my goodness. That's, that's huge. 
Blizzard conditions were felt across much of Iceland over the weekend, up to one and a half meters or five feet of snow fell in one day, engulfing it, engulfing the red. I'm sorry, the residential area and the vehicles, while very strong winds up to 111 kilometers per hour, or otherwise known as 69 miles per hour, and near vi- and near zero visibility were reported on the coast. So, Iceland, let's send them some sunshine. Daylight fireball over Central Europe. Oh my gosh, not again. A daylight fireball streaked across the sky over Central Europe at 13, oh, here's that number again, 1333 UTC time on Monday, April 6th. The American Meteor Society received 350 reports about the event with eyewitnesses from Austria, Slovenia, Croatia, Germany, Switzerland, and Italy. So the daylight fireball was seen over Europe in many, many countries. That's crazy. All right. Severe floods leave more than 60,000 homeless in Papua New Guinea. And nine local level government areas in Papua New Guinea have left more than 60,000 people. This is the severe floods. Uh, 60,000 people are homeless over the past few weeks said the Gulf Province Governor Chris Halvetta, who also mentioned that although the province is not new to flooding, this one was particularly bad, basically. I didn't go to the second. I didn't quite catch the quote because that's on the second page. And we want to move right along. All right, so let's send sunshine to Papua New Guinea. Breaking record snowfall engulfs parts of Norway. So, a number of snowfall records tumbled across Norway, particularly as, I'm sorry, particularly its northern region over the weekend. So, send them some sunshine, right? According to state meteorological person Eric Samuelson, northern Norway has been practically buried by snow all throughout the season. And they are actually expecting much more heavy snow to come. So wow, prayers to prayers to Norway at this time. Sunshine, send them sunshine. Tropical cyclone Harold, ugh, not this kid again. <laughs> leaves a trail of destruction across Vanuatu and Fiji. And it passed over Tonga. That's crazy, right? When that happens. So it left a path of destruction on April 8th, just two days after its devastating impact on Vanuatu, the country's second strongest cyclone in the world. Harold's eyes passing just south of Tonga right now. Yeah, it doesn't show signs of stopping for real. All right. Moving right along, uh, winter-like conditions, showers, and thunderstorms are expected to sweep across the Midwest and eastern U.S. as a pair of frontal systems traverse the country's eastern half, according to the National Weather Service. 
and that's their forecast for April 8th. So that's three days ago. All right. Thessaly declares a state of emergency only after days of severe weather in Greece. So it prompted the country's civil protection to declare a state of emergency in several municipalities of Thessaly region, South Pelion, Scopelis, and Scathios. Torrential rainfall caused severe damage across the region. All right. Extremely, or I mean extreme, rainfall days in metropolitan Sao Paulo did increase four times in 70 years. Wow. Researchers at the National Disaster Surveillance and Early Warning Center, Semedin, have revealed that the extreme rainfall days in metropolitan Sao Paulo in Brazil have increased fourfold in 70 years. The study also showed a rise in the number of consecutive dry days. That's very interesting. All right, I'm not going to read the rest of that article. Again, if any of these articles you want to actually go and read the full article, they're located at watchers.news. I'm only reading from page one and two, but if you hear this several days later, there might be, you might have to go back to page uh, three, which would be the stuff I'm reading right now for the second. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay. The weekly volcanic activity report from the first through the seventh of April. So basically new activity and unrest was reported for three I'm sorry, for four volcanoes from April 1st through the 7th. During the same period, ongoing activity was reported for 17 other volcanoes. So, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Sounds like a lot, but we're still within normal range. We're talking about some volcanic activity right now. Strong explosive eruption at Shivaluk Volcano in Russia spewed ash up to 10 kilometers or 33 feet into the air. A strong explosive eruption took place at the Shevaluch or Shevaluch volcano. Kamchatka, Russia at 1910 UTC time. According to the Tokyo VAAC, volcanic ash column did rise up to 33,000 feet above sea level. So, and it was drifting south-southeast when they were watching it, I guess, drift away. That's really, really trippy, though. 33,000 feet above sea level. That's huge. Usually they're like 20 to 25 thousand feet above sea level at least the ones I've been reading about over the past couple months anyway um, tropical cyclone Harold the aftermath <laughs> it's like the, it's like four of these articles are about Harold Harold <laughs> widespread destruction across the Solomon Islands Vanuatu Fiji and Tonga so 
Harold is the first Category 5 severe tropical cyclone to form in the Pacific Basin since 2018, so, wow. Oh my god, you guys, I have been bombarded by no less than 10 accounts claiming to be the Illuminati from 10 different countries. Asking me to be a part of the Illuminati. It's so annoying because they they say, oh, we'll give you $250,000 and $50,000 a month in your salary to be part of the Illuminati and we'll make you famous, right? And I think it's all BS. It's just a big fat scam. Like years ago, I was approached by these people in Texas claiming to be a part of the Illuminati and they said that they were going to help me with my career and blah 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 which back then I didn't have a career I do now obviously this radio show but <laughs> I'm like what the hell the height of my mothering career <laughs> like it's completely ridiculous and, and I asked what I had to do and they said $6,000 to get started to show that I'm serious to give them $6,000 and here's a bank account just deposit that money randomly into this account which duh I'm not gonna freaking do that if I had $6,000 but like buy a car or something like that's ridiculous right so so then and then they said and then you have to worship him and I'm like who him and they wouldn't tell me who him is but I'm assuming like they're assuming that the Illuminati like worships the devil or something it's just like the biggest scam and it's like gone all over the world and people it's so rampant and so bad there's one guy that literally had like 200 pictures of money and cars and houses and himself holding money and driving the cars in front of the house and it's freaking ridiculous it's like wish the Illuminati would never call me here but that's what that that notification was was a stupid Illuminati trying to, you know, tempt me with a F ton of money, but whatever. I don't even believe them. I don't even believe that it's real. Not even a little bit. I don't think the Illuminati, if they do in fact exist, would even contact a stranger randomly on Instagram. Like, so obvious. Just please. Can't even with these people right now. (laughs) All right, I'm like trying not to fall asleep, guys. I'm sorry if I like take an extra break for a second. It's like what? All right, severe storms with hail, tornadoes, and strong winds hits parts of the U.S. Uh, Midwest and South, and the risk of severe thunderstorms continues on into the weekend. And this is from the ninth, so this is going on right now. Um, Caused damage to many homes, especially Indiana and Arkansas. So I hope my cousins are okay. I hope the Cherokee lands are okay. That's uh, that's crazy. I guess let's just send sunshine over there. Moderate explosive eruption continues at... It's going to be hard to pronounce. Klyuchevskoy volcano in Russia. So, a moderate explosive eruption at, of the Strombolian, oh my god, they're so dangerous, 
strombolian, and sometimes Vulcanian types. You mean like with the ears, like Spock, Vulcan? <laughs> Continues at Russian Klyuchevskoy volcano. A notable eruption was registered on April 9th at 5 minutes after midnight UTC time. Volcanic ash was ejected up to 23,000 feet above sea level. And that's 7 kilometers high. That's 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 substantial, but the one I talked about a minute ago, that was even more so. Major spring snowstorm has hit Maine. Disrupts power to more than 253,000 customers in the U.S. Wow. Caused hundreds of road accidents as well. And as of Friday morning, still 247,000 people remained without power. That's dangerous when you're having so much snow and then you lose your power. um, You get cold pretty quick although when the snow blankets your house it does act as an insulator and it will hold the heat in for a time but not more than like a day and usually not more than like a few hours but (sighs) it's crazy let's send sunshine to Maine let's send sunshine to all of the US wildfires burning within Chernobyl exclusion zone in the Ukraine. Wow. See, now if anyone could use rain, it's Chernobyl. Damn. And the Ukraine. Wildfires fueled by strong winds are burning within the Chernobyl exclusion zone in northern Ukraine since April 4th, 2020. Radiation levels near the Chernobyl nuclear reactor have reportedly spiked to well above normal as the fires tore through the irradiated area. I have no idea what this is even going to mean or what it's going to do. But my God, that just does not sound good, does it? Extremely high snowpack poses flooding risks in parts of British Columbia in Canada. After a report by the River Forecast Center showed some parts of the interior have, they had an extremely high snowpack. They have dry weather, even though they've had cooler than normal temperatures. So, that's crazy. British Columbia. Yeah, when, (laughs) when that heavy snowpack starts to melt, in this, you know, a little bit later in a couple months, that might be an issue, but you know, Hey, they might have a little bit of time. Let's not send them any sunshine at all. Cause that could be disastrous for them. Let's just pray that they could come up with a solution before it melts. All right, guys, I'm looking at the time here. I don't know if I have time to get into weird news, but let's get into Joe Biden's horoscope <laughs> or it says horoscope. It's actually his astrology chart, the one he was born with. So we need to know what kind of a character he is inside and out, right? If we are to vote for him. So 
let's get into this. Well, it took it, it took a couple seconds for the page to load. I had to wait, so sorry about that. All right, Sun Conjunct Ascendant. This gives the qualities necessary to be the president. Well, that's good news, right? Being born at sunrise. Is that what that means? What? He was born at sunrise. That gets Joe noticed. Whoa, that's trippy. The brightness of his personality gives him a commanding presence. Joe makes a very strong impression on others without even trying. The sun rising in the Joe Biden horoscope makes him fully aware of his importance and of his personal power and influence. But if this power is not handled well, it can result in excessive pride and arrogance. Joe may feel he has an important role to play in life. It is very likely that he will be a leader or authority in his chosen field. He is a winner and people want to be associated with him. Venus conjunct ascendant gives a beautiful body and soul. Like the sun conjunct Venus, it makes Joe attractive, sociable, popular, and wealthy, and very affectionate. He needs to love and be loved. Also like sun-Venus conjunction, Venus rising makes Joe sociable, popular, and wealthy. He promotes peace and equality while rejecting aggression and chaos. This aspect makes Joe a great diplomat and negotiator. Partnerships bring out his best, whether in marriage or in business. He's going to make a great president, I think, if he becomes a president. Sun Trine Jupiter makes Joe a lucky, generous, exuberant, enthusiastic, and happy person. He should be very comfortable, if not wealthy, and have more than he needs. Joe may think he is on a spiritual mission and he would make an inspiring teacher. But this aspect can indicate a tendency towards excess and feelings of helplessness in times of hardship. He could also be too generous for his own good, but Joe generally gets away with taking risks showing off and embarrassing himself. People simply like this guy and will often offer him help and always be forgiving. Venus trine Jupiter. That sounds actually like a really good aspect. It says, can bring a life of ease and comfort earned through previous incarnations of loving service. Oh, good. So he's been a good guy for a long time. This is the most fortunate of a number of lucky people. I'm sorry, of lucky aspect. Oh my God. This is the most fortunate of a number of lucky aspects. There's no S at the end of that word. In the Joe Biden astrology chart. It can also lessen any hardships and bring joy and love to his life. Ease in showing love and affection is a sign of his self-love and self-respect. Honesty loyalty and good morals earn him popularity and a good name there is a genuine depth to his charismatic appeal 
Joe is sincere about helping others and would find a lot of satisfaction serving others. He fits in well to any group and can be very effective in driving the overall success of common goals. Sun opposite Uranus can cause nervousness and tension, which often arise from an unsettling upbringing full of change and uncertainty. The result can be a reactionary or rebellious nature with a difficult polarity to overcome. Being impulsive, outspoken, eccentric, or abrupt means he has to deal with consequences like the strong reactions from people he upsets. These negative reactions from others can also be due to egotism or simply unorthodox self-expression. He may also be prone to mistakes, accidents, or spasms. That's a really weird thing to have in your chart. You're prone to spasming. That is weird. Okay, so the next one is Venus opposite Uranus indicates an unusual love life, unexpected separations, and more than one marriage. Well, I don't know if he's been married more than once. If you guys know, let me know if this is true. That's weird, right? So Joe needs a lot of stimulation and excitement in relationships and also needs to feel free enough to be himself. Flirting and general lack of self-control and showing love and affection can lead to upsetting events and complicated dramas. (laughs) Financial windfalls are possible but there also may be unexpected losses. Sun sextile Neptune gives a vivid imagination and inspire creativity. Joe is highly sensitive to his environment and this is the third aspect in the Joe Biden horoscope that indicates psychic ability or at least a very strong intuition. Joe is able to connect in a spiritual way to individuals and groups of people. That, you know, that's important, you guys, because of what's going on right now with the world and all the spirituality, people coming up, you know, out of their slumber, spiritually speaking. This might be an excellent time for him to become president. So, okay, cool. He should be well-liked for his charitable and caring nature. This is because Joe is genuine and open in the way he expresses himself. And he tries to maintain high ethical standards and idealism. Venus sextile, uh, I'm sorry, Venus sextile Neptune. This makes Joe Biden a passionate, romantic, and sensual person. This is yet another aspect that makes him good looking, charming, and popular. He should be very affectionate, loving, and tender in his intimate relationships. Joe's selfless and compassionate nature makes, uh, it says makes attracts. That makes no sense. Um, maybe we'll just cut out the word makes. I'll reread it. Joe's selfless and compassionate nature attracts him. Uh, This still doesn't make sense. It says makes attracts him groups. Somebody did not do enough editing on the sentence. Let me try this again and I'll add my own thing. Joe's selfless and compassionate nature makes him attractive to groups 
or causes with the goal of helping those in need. He is especially sensitive to those things which harm other people or any living thing. Wars, disasters, famine, and cruelty would be very upsetting to him. This is just one more aspect that makes Joe Biden a visionary and very intuitive, if not psychic. So his moon, I don't know if we should go into all this or not. Okay, let's start. His moon, moon conjunct fixed star Mira, brings failures, fiascos, and enmity, especially when Saturn transits, when melancholy will then appear. Moon quincunx ascendant suggests Joe can sometimes put his own emotional needs behind those of others. This aspect also creates an imbalance between the image he projects and his true inner feelings. This makes it hard for people to understand him sometimes. Moon quincunx Venus creates an imbalance between Joe's need for emotional support and his need for love. A similar thing happens with how he loves and cares for his loved ones. There could be love, but emotional coldness or plenty of emotional support with little love. That's a strange one, huh? Moon Quincunx Neptune is the second tightest aspect in the Joe Biden astrology chart, and it reinforces the theme of emotional extreme emotional sensitivity problems arise due to an inability to filter out psychic information joe cannot cope with too many feelings at once or conflicting feelings oversensitivity can lead to confusion and a lack of trust in his own instincts this can result in emotional stress or tension which can make him appear highly strong edgy or neurotic now mercury Mercury conjunct fixed star Unu Kalkai says dishonorable accused of forgery or theft of papers, ill health, narrow escapes, danger of bites from poisonous animals. What the heck? I've never even heard of this stuff. Unu Kalkai, I've never heard of that, gives immorality, accidents, violence, and danger of poison. It can cause chronic diseases, which are not easily detected, resulting in a weakened state of health and operations may be necessary. Well, let's send him some health. Um, if you imagine like a, a circle, boy in a bubble style of just beautiful, loving, healing energy around him that might help. By the way, this is on astrologyking.com forward slash Joe dash Biden dash horoscope. Even though it's not a horoscope, technically, it's an astrology chart, just so you know. All right. Um, With Mercury trying Jupiter, this gives a broad outlook with a wide and comprehensive knowledge. His positive attitude and generosity make him fun to be around. Joe should have a logical viewpoint, mental agility, and wide-ranging views. His business acumen can make him very wealthy. This aspect also gives a progressive and generous nature. Freedom of speech and other human rights are important to him. Joe Biden can be flamboyant, forceful, and even intense. 
in communicating his ideas. This is a good aspect for a politician. Mars. Mars conjunct fixed star Alfeca. <laughs> I think he's just making this up at this point. Alfeca, have you guys ever heard of this? A-L-P-H-E-C-C-A. Alfeca? <laughs> that sounds worse. I'll say with Alfeca. Whatever. Alpeca? No. <laughs> no good way to say this word. Active mind, better writer than speaker. Alfeca gives honor, dignity, and poetical and artistic ability. Mars Quincunx Saturn represents a conflict, conflict between Joe's sense of responsibility and his desire to fulfill his own needs. This leads to an inner struggle that may keep him from acting decisively. Because of this internal struggle, Joe Biden can become irritable and resentful about seemingly little. A buildup of anger and frustration can lead to outbursts of aggression. Jupiter. Jupiter conjunct fixed star Procyon uh, means many journeys trouble through relatives and the church or the law, help from friends. Procyon gives good fortune, wealth, willpower, drive, a good sharp mind, and the ability to put thoughts and plans into action. But Procyon also makes people hasty, jealous, pig-headed, with a tendency to a hot temper and impudence. Rise and success are found with it, but fall from high position later, which is possible. That's, yeah, I don't like to see that. Hopefully he'll be okay. Okay, I'm going to pause for a minute and see how many more aspects we have to go through. Cool, so it looks like we will actually finish the chart today. Okay, so Saturn aspects. Saturn conjunct the fixed star Aldebaran means great afflictions, strange mind, great wickedness, sarcasm, eloquence, good memory, studious, and retiring nature, legal abilities, domestic and material success, losses through mercurial friends. All right, so Geminis and Virgos, Joe, don't be friends with us. (laughs) Is, you know, losses through us. No, no, no. I I don't want to be your friend now. (laughs) Aldebaran is eminently fortunate, portending riches, honor, intelligence, steadfastness, integrity, popularity, courage, ferocity, like ferocious, ferocity, not veracity, ferocity, a tendency to sedition, a responsible position, public honors, and gain of power and wealth through others, but its benefits seldom prove lasting. And there's also the danger of violence and sickness. Oh my gosh. All right. Saturn sextile Pluto gives us steely determination and endurance, which we have seen in him, right? It gives Joe an amazing ability to focus on a particular project and see it to completion. He has a systematic approach to life with strict regimes, 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 and structures in place to keep up order and sense of security. This aspect gives incredible endurance and recuperative powers. This allows Joe Biden to face any challenge or crisis head on 
and be a source of strength for others. Respect and high recognition come from his achievements. He has managerial and leadership skills for big business and government. Pluto, conjunct fixed star Acellus Borealis. This is a general positive influence giving martial preferment, patience, care, and responsibility with a charitable and fostering nature. It gives the courage to be a heroic, defiant leader. However, it gives danger, violent death. Ooh, I don't like that. Serious accidents and burns. Burning fevers, bad eyes, blindness of the left eye. That's very, very specific. Quarrels, slander from low women or vulgar persons. And danger by large animals. Okay, so don't go visit the Tiger King and stay away from Virgos and Geminis, I guess. I This is crazy, right? These people can have an aggressive nature and will not take insults easily. They may, by their own lack of caution or being daredevils, they might put their life in danger and will not hesitate to use brutal and violent means. But if aggression can be sublimated, an extraordinary output of achievements is possible. The capacity for cooperation with others is the secret to success. Midheavens, this is the last section here. Midheaven conjunct fixed star Denebola gives swift judgment, despair, regrets, public disgrace, misfortune from the elements of nature, and happiness turned to anger and makes its natives noble, daring, self-controlled, generous, and busy with others' people's affairs. Mercury sextile midheaven makes Joe intelligent, free-thinking, and curious. Open channels of communication between Joe and his parents and teachers help him learn all that he could from them. And just as his ideas and opinions were heavily influenced by those above him, he now mentors and influences others. Important and influential people assist and guide Joe in his career. This aspect also means he travels a lot in his career. That's true, he does. It should give him good communication and improvisational skills with a talent for languages, negotiation, writing, journalism, and politics. Thanks to this aspect, Joe presents well in public and should enjoy the respect of his peers and a good reputation. It has helped him develop his own unique style and leave a positive impression on many people. And that was it. <clears throat> I think that's an excellent reading um, of Joe Biden. Um, in any chart, there's good and bad, and there's some shocking elements and some just mild elements and everything in between. So when you read a chart like this, uh, whether it's your own or other people's, you have to understand that everybody has choices to make and we can always rise above our stars. Nothing is fixed in the universe as long as we push forward and meditate and bring our best spiritual self forward. We can ascend not only our astrology chart, but from the 3D to the 50 and above, above, above everything we ever imagined. 
All right, guys, we're not getting to weird news today. Sorry about that. We will come back next week with more weird news. And this week, there wasn't really a whole lot of weird news stories, just to be honest. There's like three on the website. So not going to get to it today, but I will next week. Anyway, I wanted to tell you thank you for being patient with me, especially since I got this one so out so late. But thank you for just being a listener and a supporter. I wanted to thank all of you that um, like, subscribe, forward, and share my stuff with all your Instagram people and your Facebook people and all of the people around you that are waking up spiritually and they're waking up hungry for knowledge. So thank you for putting a little buzz in people's ear about this saying, hey, Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. Let me tell you, that's going to help you. So thank you for that. Please mark July 1st, 2020 in your calendars because that's when the People's Choice Award podcast awards actually will start with their um, voting. Just mark it in your calendar and I'll tell you all about how to do it much later. Um, Well, that's it. That's all she wrote for the week. Happy Earth Day, guys. By the time I release this, it will be Earth Day. So that's it. I'll be back on Monday with all unique and original programming, just like always. We still have another episode or two of The Spirit's Book by Alain Kardec. That's what we're doing on Monday. So join us then. And until then, I hope you have a really pleasant and enjoyable weekend lounging around at home, maybe doing some exercise, maybe learning a couple dances or two. I might get into Bollywood this weekend. I've been threatening to do it for a while. I'm going to find a dance or Tai Chi or something to do, (laughs) some kind of exercise. Anyway, that's it. Um, I'm out of here. I love you guys very, very much. And well, I'll be back Monday, but right now I'm signing off with peace and joy and love (laughs) and the high vibrations of the holy fifth dimension until next time guys peace Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.